0: Okay, hey, I think we're ready. Okay, are we ready? Am I on? Okay, I'm on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Bob? Am I not in? It's on the wrong side, that's why. That's probably better, huh? Yeah. My head's crooked the other way. So <laughs> Shall we pray? Uh, dear, gracious Lord in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity that we may um, get together and that we may um, study the Heidelberg Catechism and, and especially uh, uh, you. And we thank you, Lord, for not only the opportunity but the freedom to do, do so as well. In thy name we pray. Amen. So we got to uh, question uh, Lord's Day 8, in a way, and talked about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I thought it would be good to take some time to talk about the, the Godhead and uh, 3 and the Trinity and last week we talked about God the Father and um, this week we hope to talk about God the Son and kinda really getting to know who God is because if we're gonna give good praise and admiration we're gonna have to know who we're giving praise to as best we can now we're not uh, we don't know all things uh, we're smart, but we're not that smart or not as smart as we think we are sometimes. So, um, But I think it's best if we spend some time and I'm hoping to um, uh, get get that way of thinking uh, as we go through this. So we talked about God the Father and um, now I thought we'd talk about God the Son. We're told in Genesis uh, 1, 26 and 27 that uh, Jesus was already existing. When, uh, uh, we will create mankind as, as one of us. And as one of us, we believe that to be the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So, was, Jesus is the only one that is in body form of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And as man we are used to when somebody is born that's their beginning so how was it that jesus existed and then was born anybody have any any thoughts on that Well, I think part of that is we have to uh, stop thinking as men and have more of a God-like thinking. And that's part of the stuff that we're probably not going to understand fully all the time. Did in the beginning was there God the Father and the Holy Spirit and God. And then when he became born, developed the body. So, did he transform then from one into another? Was he always both? Or was he both at the time of conception? I've He transformed, right, from one to the other. And I know we, we talked last week about who wrestled with, um, with uh, jo- Jacob. And uh, we kind of suggested that maybe it was this or that. But actually, um, in uh, Hosea 12, 2 through 4, it talks about that. It says, The Lord has indictment against Judah. And will punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him according to his deeds. In the womb he took place, he took his brother by the heel. And in manhood he strove with God. He strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel and there God spoke with us. So there uh, Hosea is putting it as what he wrestled with was God's representative as an angel. So I think it's, I don't know for sure if we can say that, but I would say that when, when Jesus was born, he was, he, we know that he's God and man and transformed from whatever he was before, which we're assuming is a spirit like, like what God is. Because we also know that he says in John 13, 6, 36, you know, this kingdom my kingdom is not of this world so we know his kingdom preexisted and is is where he reigns today as well yes That's what I'm I'm getting at is that Hosea kind of sheds light on the whole wrestling that he was, because we we kind of said last week that that was really him directly with God, and that Hosea is kind of saying that it's more of an angel with God's influence. Re, yeah. Yeah, uh, the Henry, um, Matthew Henry uh, divulged me to that, that passage saying that that was kind of, and he kind of reverts that the, the physicality of Christ was at his birth. So, that he became man at that point. Which we know he's still with body today. So one of the things we can't understand then is, you know, we understand because throughout Bible, um, we can't trust what we see, right? Gideon and, and the, the, the mighty forces he had with him, the enemy could not see him until God revealed him, right? So I think, you know, God being, Christ being in his body, is he still omnipresent then? And the answer probably would, of course he is, because he's, he's God, right? Um, the three together, make one and, and right. In John 14, we kind of see that, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, Full of grace and truth, John bore witness about him and cried, "This is, this was he whom I said, he who comes after me reigns before me, because he hath, because he, he was before me." So John the Baptist is saying, "The one that comes after me was also before me, right?" And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So this is, right, this is what they're talking about. John's talking about uh, Christ is actually now man and and dwelling among us, right? So he was made flesh. And then um, Philippians 2 talks about God being made flesh as well. Hopefully I got that somewhere. Should have been in front. Oh, here it is, right in front of me. So there is any re-encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit may affect affection and sympathy to complete my joy of being in the same mind, having the same love, being a full cord with one mind, Do nothing from a selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others to be more significant to yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but the interests of others. Having this mind among yourself, which is yours in Jesus Christ, who, though he was in form of God, did not count himself equity with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men so I think that talks about how Jesus Jesus is humble so here's God had his throne in heaven and comes in the form of man and not only the form of man but also being born right in a a stable Um, nothing glorious nothing great and we see that with the Son of God throughout his whole, his whole time on earth. Um, so what does that say about, about the Son? That he is... He gives, gives us that example of his humility, right? Now, I'm kind of trying to do a study on, on who... The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is so. When we look at Christ, the Son, we have the accounts of his birth in Matthew and Luke, right? But we're not told much about his childhood. There's only two things that we know of, and that's both found in Luke. And the first one is when um, he was presented in the in the in the temple. In Luke 2, uh, 39. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town in Nazareth. And the child grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom and favor of God that was upon him. Um, Oops, I get that wrong. Uh, His parents went to Jerusalem every year in the feast of the Passover, And when he was twelve years old, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one here. I thought I was wrong, but I might be right. He had a very young mother. True. Well, we know he was presented to um, Simeon. And that was the verse that I read. But he was uh, presented to Simeon. And that was... uh, He was promised. That was promised to him from the Holy Spirit that Jacob's son, found favor in God's eye, was able to meet Jesus. And that was before he passed away. And the other thing is when he went to the temple... Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the Feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom, and when the feast ended, they were returning the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know and went a day's journey, but when they began to search among their relatives and acquaintances, they did not find him and returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking him questions. And all who had heard him were amazed of his understandings and answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And they went with him, and he went with them to Nazareth and was submissive to him. And his mother treasured all these things up in his heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in the favor of God and men. So, we know God was uh, God and man, right? Did he have an intellectual advantage? Was he smarter than most people? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but we know he did study the scriptures and he studied them quite often and he started them, studied them in detail. Right. I think for Mary and Joseph, it was even to a point where they're like, "I have no idea what this kid's talking about." You know, I mean, he was he was impressed. He was impressing the teachers of of the temple at that time. But he put the work into it, right, Bob? more comfortable in what they believe and comfortable in what they have been taught and say, okay, we learned this. We don't need to learn anything more. Their, their... their understanding of what, what the scriptures were saying as well, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, both of these passages that talk about uh, end with and the child grew up strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So it does show favor, a little bit of favor with favor, but he worked for it too. He spent the time. He spent three days at twelve years old in his, in the in reading the scriptures and and talking and 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 evaluating, uh, and educating himself as well. And he knew the scriptures. Um, he knew what was coming. He knew that the the Old Testament was talking about him as far as being the, the Messiah and the coming Messiah and that all the scriptures in it is coming towards him. And I think that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty tough because some of the things that he knew he had, had to do, uh, Deuteronomy, because he'd be reading all the old scriptures, but Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23, And if a man has committed a crime punishable by death and he is put to death you hang him on a tree his body shall remain there all night on a tree but you should bury him in the same day for a hung man is cursed by God and you shall not defile your land that the Lord your God has given you in inheritance so he knew that scripture that if you were cursed by God you were going to hang on a tree for it and that you were going to suffer and that you would be that would be because uh, you were cursed by God, right? And that you defiled your land. So he knew man's sin, and he knew that his, his future was going to be hanging on a cross. And he, he um, also talks about going to hell. He knew he was going to go uh, to hell. And that's in Matthew 12. And some of the scribes answered him, saying, Teacher, wish me a, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered, An evil and industrious generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to you, giving to, except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will be the Son of Man three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And the men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repent repent at the preaching of Jonah and behold something greater than Jonah is here the queen of the the queen of the south will rise up against the judgment with this generation and condemn it for she comes from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold something greater than Solomon is here so Jesus knows what his future is and that all comes down to him um, studying the, the scriptures um, as a as a young man, as a child. Yes. Yeah. Some speculate too that because he was on the cross for those three hours that represented the three days of, of hell as well. But I've heard that too. That's good. Yeah. Any other comments on that? Bob? I
1: some
0: that he went down to hell to announce his victory. Yeah, talk louder. <laughs> isn't,
1: isn't there a scripture that says he went to Abraham's bosom and preached
0: to them there? To Abraham's bosom, bosom and preach to him there. Uh is that in uh not sure where that's at. I know it well, passage you're talking about, but I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> not offhand, hand i don't i should but A lot of people thought he went to hell because he had to wait the three days to ra- be risen as well, but really the the main reason it was three days was to make sure that he was dead that people didn't think he was just sleeping right I had heard that that philosophy as well so Bob.
1: Right. right.
0: Right. Right. And I think it also reverts Bob, I think that uh, that Christ existed prior to his birth as well, right? Because they knew him prior to that. They knew his power. They knew who he was. So. Paul, we recognize. Yeah. And I, th- and I think the words make sense because Jesus, we know. In other words, we know him for sure. Paul has been introduced now as an apostle later on, so now we recognize him because he has already casted him out because of Jesus' name. So I think, that's, I think that's kind of the meaning behind the, the uh, wording, like you're saying. So it depends on how you want to say full of Holy Spirit, and that's kind of what we're going to get into a little bit next time is the Holy Spirit, but uh, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, but if could he dwell in, in Christ? Because Christ was one, is one of the three-head, the Godhead, right? He's part of the Trinity. Right, and I'm going to get more into that, hopefully next week, <laughs> but because uh, uh, I, I will be doing the Spirit, and then I'll be doing the Trinity, I hope. Yvonne? Um, I just looked up Abraham's book, it's, oh. um, is, uh, in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, 31 Luke 16. Let me just read the whole thing. Uh, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate there were laid a poor man, Lazarus, who was covered with sores, who desired to be fed that which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, can, moreover even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades. Being tormented, he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham far off at Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in his flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things, but now he is comfort here and you are in anguish. And besides all this between us, there is a great chasm to be fixed. Has been fixed in order that who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from here to us. He says, I beg you, Father, to send to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he, also, that he may warn them lest they come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if somebody goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said, Do not fear Do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if somebody should rise from the dead. So it kind of said there that you can't there's a there's a chasm that has been fixed between heaven and hell, right? Course, I don't know if that would restrain the Son of Man. Is that the passage you were thinking about, Andy? Ben Hyper? No. Not the one you were thinking of. I didn't think so. <laughs> of captives and gave gifts to men. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Yeah. I think I'll try to look into that a little bit more for next week's if we can, if I can. Um, I did hear, too, as a, I remember as a kid in a sermon that um, Jesus had uh, suffered and died, and, and it was believed that he was in heaven for those three days and returned. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: First I Peter agree. 318. First Peter 3:18. First Peter 3:18. Okay. Good. right so he knew his, his future and he knew what he, what he was going to suffer and, and, and do and um, yeah okay I think uh, just had one more point that I wanted to make today and that was that um, a lot of the Christians that we talk to today uh, go back to that um, God is love thing and and then um you know, if you bring up God's justice and stuff like that, they will more or less throw that at God the Father and that Jesus is, um, Jesus is more uh, God is love uh, format again, which he is, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it's not that he's um, so much love that you can do whatever you want type of thing. And um, so is Jesus just, and I think... Um, if, if he's one with the Father, of course he's just, and he's actually the epitome of justice because he took our sins on at the cross, right? So, okay, very good. Um, shall we pray? Dear gracious Lord in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that we've had this little time to um, to get to uh, to know part of you, and we ask Lord that uh, you would uh, send thy blessing upon us, and and uh, make right in our thoughts. Um, In thy wonderful and precious name we pray.